Welcome to Luxuries for Your Soul with Alexis Kletchian and Lauren Golt. Every episode is a look at life through the lens of luxury. Whether it's the dismantling of belief systems, pursuing our passions, or standing in our truth, we approach each conversation with genuine curiosity of what it means to have a well-lived life. Today's conversation is about our voice. When you hear a recording of your voice, do you cringe? Do you ever find yourself changing the tone of your voice depending on whom you're speaking to? In this episode, we talk about Lake Bell's new audiobook, Inside Voices, discussing how our voice is a vital tool of communication and how the choices we make in vocal pitch and style broadcast where we are from and the communities we identify with. We also analyze the sexy baby voice and its presence in our culture. Just for fun, I'll count you into our episode with a combination of vocal exercises from Inside Voices. Ready? Ba 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 ba. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I just want to note that Lauren and I are not in the normal places where we record. Tell everyone where you are, Lauren. We are not. Yeah. Where are you? I am currently in my closet, surrounded by my husband's sneaky sneakers mm. <laughs> on the shelf next to me. But this cozy chair I'm sitting in is quite comfortable. So how did you come upon this audiobook? I'm a big Lake Bell fan. I feel like I've seen probably all of her movies, if not most of them. A couple of years ago, she directed a movie called In a World, which I loved. It was a small indie movie that I want to say I watched on an airplane. And it's about the voiceover industry. You listen to movie trailers and you hear that person that starts the trailer going, in a world. That's the whole concept of the movie. She is a voiceover actress. Her dad is like one of the most famous in the business. So it's about that industry. It's about the the sexism in the industry, how her dad doesn't want her to be better than her, even though she's very talented. She can do all of these accents and impersonations of people. Anyway, it was just a very good movie. And I feel like that was maybe my first introduction to her. And I've followed her since. And when I saw that she released this book, well, not a book, but an audiobook only. Mm-hmm. And it was all about her obsession with the voice and why people don't like their voices and why we're obsessed with how we sound. I thought, well, this is, yeah, I got to read this, especially since we're getting ready to do a podcast where we have to listen back to ourselves. Do you like the sound of your own voice? I don't mind it in real life, but when I listen back, like back in the day, listening to messages on an answering machine, I feel like I... 80-year-old woman saying that, but no, I cringe. I have a physical reaction. Yeah, I think that is very common. There's so many people that don't like their own voice. It really makes up a big part of your identity, and I do think Mm -hmm. the voice is an overlooked part. People don't talk about it as much. People just like to talk. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're using their voice in a reactive way. I liked how in the audiobook she had clips from lots of different people and she didn't tell you who they were most of the time. And for example, 
as soon as Jeff Goldblum started speaking, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe 0.2 seconds, my ears perked up. I do, I feel, I just think he has a very soothing, intelligent, I love his voice. Really? But as soon as he just started talking, yes, I knew exactly who he was. Well, yeah. So that was another thing I started thinking about was how there are a lot of people out there that have those very distinct voices where you don't have to hear much. And as soon as they start talking, you know exactly who it is that's speaking. Right. Well, you can thank the... And he has one of those voices. The voiceover world for that, right? Because we hear all of these voices and we know who that character is. But when you have someone like Lake Bell, who she is so dedicated to her craft and she takes on all these different dialects and accents, she's a whole library of them. I've heard her voice so many times without ever knowing that it was Lake Bell. Mm -hmm. That is fascinating to me. And I, I definitely did not know anything about her backstory or past. So mm -hmm. finding out that she'd lived in New York, she'd lived in Florida. I forget where in Florida she said, but New York, Florida, then went to school in London, mm -hmm. then moved to California. I think there might be a place I'm missing, but just those are very distinct places to pick up on different vocal characteristics. So yeah. And I love that she had her dictaphone and she would just be out there in the wild trying to capture accents. I just thought that was amazing how dedicated she was. She must have drove everybody crazy in her family. Like, hold on. So in her movie, in a world that I was just talking about, her character does that. She's walking around with this dictaphone and she's asking people to say things in it. And I had no idea that it was based on something that she really did. Liked how she shared clips from when she was a teenager and when she was in her 20s to hear the difference in those stages of her life compared to now, especially what she was talking about. I feel like she was talking about a date with somebody who bought her flowers and something. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it's a big difference. I remember when I was young, my mom having this very breathy, smoky telephone voice. Like, Ooh. hello. And it's like, oh, God. But at the same time, I was also jealous of that to drive me crazy. But then I admired it because it's like, I want to sound like that. I want to sound like I know what I'm saying. Like, I know what I want. Well, it's like when you have a cold and sometimes you get to that point where you have sort of that deeper, sexier 1-900 voice. And every time that happens, I really like it and embrace it. And I'm sad when it's gone. <laughs> I feel like shit, but I sound super sexy. So come on, hold on, stay there, cold. <laughs> Lake Bell says that you cannot hide what's going on in your voice, sadness, your trauma, your sickness, that it's a roadmap and your voice is your voice. I hadn't really thought about that. That there are choices in your voice, your tone, your pitch, the way that you say things, your accents. If you have a mom voice, if you have an animal voice, you're pitching up, you're pitching down, you're up speak the fry. And so I took this vocal activation course and she spoke a lot about when you sing from the soul or even how you speak and you open your mouth wide and where do you hold the voice in your nose, in your cheeks, in your forehead, your chin, your throat, your chest, how to come from the belly and the breath. And that when you really let it go, it's so powerful that you could cry. Do you sing in the car? Have you had a moment where you just let it all go and started crying? I've had a moment where I hear lyrics that are so beautiful that could bring you to tears, but I... I'm not necessarily a singer. I do sing in the car with both of my kids. 
And my son has an incredible playlist on Spotify. I will send it to you. It's very long, very long. And he has really great taste in music. That's important in a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Teach him young. Yeah. Seriously. So Lake suggests that our voice is our most outward facing trait, that it provides information about who we are and things that we can't hide. That we, if we're awkward, if we sound awkward, people may view us as awkward. If we have pauses or if we talk too fast or if we up talk, we have a higher pitch, it relays that maybe we're feeling insecure. And if we have a deep authoritative pitch that we're powerful. And then of course there's that sexy baby. Hi. Oh my gosh. Alexis, do you ever think about that and what people think of you from your voice? I don't think about what people think about me, but I, since reading this book, I've definitely started to think about, do I adjust my voice based on the situation that I'm in? For example, she says that when she's directing a scene and she has to approach an actor, she finds herself speaking lower, more authoritative, and all of that. She's obviously more in touch with this. She just wrote a book. She says she's obsessed with voices. I've never really thought about my voice before, but I have noticed since reading this that I do adjust it based on certain situations. I have always, though, noticed other people's voices and specifically the sexy baby voice. For example, when Paris Hilton came to the scene, whenever that was, I guess it was like the early 2000s, I remember passing through the room and there was a preview or trailer on the TV for that reality show she did. wasn't watching it, I just heard and the pitch and tone of her voice made me stop and turn around in a, what the hell was that? Who was spe- like, why? <laughs> and I remember thinking, does she really sound like that? She can't really sound like that. Why is she sounding like mm-hmm. that? Is she doing that on purpose? Why is she doing that on purpose? And that goes to a bigger conversation that that is, unfortunately, a lot of, there are a lot of women that do that sexy baby thing. And I feel badly, but I'm very <laughs> judgy about it. I mean, it just, it does not a- appeal to me. Judgy how? Not in a, I'm judging them for doing it, but I want them aside and say, you don't need to be doing this. This is not attractive. There's no need. This has to be exhausting to keep up with this. That must be exhausting because Paris Hilton does not really sound like that and hold that character all of that time. That is exhausting. She's, yes. She's even said, I think, as much that it, it was exhausting. Right. And I can't even imagine feeling like you have to, that that's what you need to sound like to take up space in a room or that's, Mm. I don't need, it's just, yeah, it's just, um, it's interesting. Do you find yourself changing your voice or tone in any situation? Well, I find when I listen back to a few of these episodes that we did, and I was very passionate about the subject or annoyed, I find that my, the quality of my voice is not where I would want it to be. And it is somewhat cringy for me to listen back. And I think, oh, like I didn't control my pitch or I just let myself go. or I let my voice just do what it wants to do naturally, which is what I'm doing now. I let my emotions show in my voice. 
And that is cringy because what if someone's wearing headphones? Right. And then you're like, whoops, like <laughs> just screamed in your ear because I'm like, no, Lauren, did you not like it's his ego or whatever it is I'm saying or repeating myself. I find when I get irritated, I don't like the way that my voice changes. But that's because I'm expressing how passionate I feel about the situation. And mm-hmm. I think that comes across. I don't I think it comes across as just emotion and passion. I don't besides Paris Hilton, and I don't mean to be ragging on her and I'm not, but are there other females in particular that come to mind when you think of, hmm, I wonder if they really sound like that or this is all an act? I've really never thought about it that much. And after listening to this audiobook, I can't think of authoritative voices I really like or maybe soothing voices. I, well, okay, Adele. Adele. Adele's speaking voice is so different from her singing voice. And when you hear her talk and her accent and her high pitch and the way her voice is kind of all over the place, I think is startling and amazing all at the same time because she's so incredible and authentic and her singing voice is just so magical. But other than that, if I hear a voice, I can say, oh, I know whose voice that is. I can quickly match But to sit here and think, what celebrity voice do I like, do I think is soothing or sexy or jarring? I really can't think of any. But then I was making avocado toast and really considering like, okay, (laughs) because that's what I had before we got on, knowing that I should probably come up with an example in case you asked me that, because I know you're such a film buff. Catherine Zeta-Jones popped into my head. She has... Wow, I never would have thought right? that that would be who you were going to say. Mm-hmm. She, well, I think that she really does sound like that, but I think she knows how to turn on the smoke and the breath. And she just has the slightest accent also, which I think is so sexy and soothing. She has all of it. She has charm. She has power. She has control. It's suggestive. So I think her voice, I like her voice. I can't think of anyone I dislike off the top of my head. But if I hear one, I'll text you. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) See, I immediately, when I think of a voice I like, I immediately think of Kathleen Turner. It's deeper, raspy. She voiced Jessica Rabbit. It's a breathy, sexy voice. Mm. And it sounds so different than so many other women. I wonder what it was like when she was auditioning when she first started, if that was a, you know, it was a helpful, if that was a reason that people cast her in things because it was sexy and raspy and different. Right. Or if that was a deterrent for certain directors, I don't know, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then there's this actress I'm thinking about. Do you watch Yellowstone? Yes. Okay. Well, Beth Dutton is British. Yeah. Or Australian, British, British. British. No, she's yeah. Thick. Yeah. Thick British accent. Yes. Yeah. So I love the fact that these actors have to get into character. And so when, you know, Lake Bell out there with her dictaphone collecting all of these accents and dialects from all over the place, that they have to do a lot of work to be that character, to change their voice. I think we underestimate this powerful tool that we all have and we should choose to use it in a better way. I think. So what does that mean exactly? 
Well, you have a voice and just because you have a voice doesn't mean you should just use it willy nilly. I've got something to say, so I'm going to say it and you need to hear it. Can we talk about voice and a sense of community? Changing your voice to broadcast what community you belong to. I found that chapter fascinating. I actually asked somebody about this specifically. I have noticed, and there is, I am not shaming this, that when someone has chosen a specific identity and wants you to know I belong to that community, they change their voice. I just hadn't considered that that was a conscious choice. Like a man, right? Mm -hmm. If he comes out, or from a boy to a man, when he comes out, all of a sudden he starts speaking differently. He has a little more sass in his voice. He has a higher pitch and tone and flirty, his diction changes, all of it. And you are identifying with a different community and you've completely changed the way that you speak. It never occurred to me that it was someone's way of broadcasting. I belong to this community. And that's one of the biggest takeaways from mm -hmm. this book is it'd be the same thing as if you saw someone one day and they had brown hair and they decided to dye it after you saw them the next day it was blonde spiky short you know chopped all off if they completely changed their style if i mean i feel like it can change into a form of self-expression and our voice is part of that the other thing that she that i've never had never thought about was how trauma can affect your voice. Right. For sure. She doesn't dive into it, but she alludes or maybe even comes out and says that she is a survivor of some sexual trauma and that she feels like since then she has purposely tried to make her voice lower. And I just never thought about that, especially for women. I could see how that's something you'd want to take control over and project something different with your voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our voices are very re revealing. And not only does she say trauma, she says heartbreak, sickness, sadness, strength, that our voice is in a constant state of evolution because we are. And your voice changes as you get older. She says her voice changed after she had children. I don't know if that's really a thing. I can get with the fact that your voice is an evolution because you are changing, but not because of the fact that you popped a couple of kids out, just the time yeah, and your experiences. So my husband has a specific voice he uses to talk to the deer, to Timber. Mm. Uh -huh. He goes, come on, come on, come on, Timber. He goes to the really, really high <laughs> and she comes flying out of the <laughs> woods. Like, so he's away right now. And we are recording this. It's 1124. I still have not seen her yet. But in the morning when he goes to let the dogs out at, I don't know, like 637, and he goes, come on, come on. She comes flying out of the woods. Did he do that when your kids were little? Do you remember if he, no. not, maybe not to that decimal, but no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I'm sure I'm going to cringe when I hear that back, that decimal. I didn't even think of that. Ooh. It was a good one. It was high. God. <laughs> so. I'm already embarrassed for my future self <laughs> with this, with this releases. No, I don't think he had, he didn't have like a little kid baby voice. That is something that is definitely a pet peeve of mine. Oh, it is? My kids were really, really little. I'd be pushing them in a stroller 
around the neighborhood or whatnot. And someone, oh, look at that little baby, coochie, coochie, coochie. I don't like that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I have a, I have a physical reaction where I'm like biting inside of my mouth, just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, okay. That's not how we're going to be talking to my child. You say, oh, by the way, my child thinks that's absurd. Oh, <laughs> mm, um, not a fan. <laughs> I do talk to the horses differently. I've caught myself on some of my Instagram stories and my horse voice. And I was like, oh, man. A horse voice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We all have our quirks. That's for sure. One thing that she does in the book, which she has all kinds of people say, and I thought it would be fun if we could do it. She has everyone take the same phrase so you can hear how different the voices are with the same word. So I figured we could try it. It is authoritative marzipan. Do you want to do it? Authoritative marzipan. Authoritative marzipan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know before we go and wrap this up, I know that you have a New York accent that you bust out every once in a while. Would you like to do the show outro in a New York accent? Tell everyone to subscribe and we want them to give us a five-star review. Subscribe to this podcast. Tell all their friends. I usually do this when I have had wine and also British lard sometimes comes out. Ooh. (laughs) Hold on. I usually start with, um, yo, you want some coffee? You guys are crazy with all that coffee. So I have to get into character here. You guys like the podcast? Well, you should subscribe. Leave us a five-star review, okay? Ah.